Somewhere in Hill's kitchen, there's a lawyer named Matt Murdock. And he works with his friend Foggy and a woman who's named Karen. At a law firm called Nelson and Murdock, where they help people find justice. But Matt's got a secret at night, he becomes a vigilante. Even though he's blind, he's got these super senses and the training. To beat up the nasty bad guys who are ruining Hell's Kitchen. Matt, he loves his home so much that he puts on his armored costume. And pretends that he's the devil as he smashes in their faces. He's called Daredevil. There's a guy named Frank who's shooting people. That guy's crazy. And then myself, Flammer, Electro, Cheshire, from out of nowhere. Welcome to the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Mel. I'm Matt. And I'm, I'm the man in the box. Terrifying. Ah, shit. Okay, got that out of the way. Uh, 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 I don't know what's happening. Ah. Uh, we have a. I'm assuming it's Robin. It might be another man in the box. I don't know. Well, maybe we'll find out later. <laughs> might be shooting his cat. <laughs> it's you know. me, Wilson. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, we have a very special guest this week, uh, which is Rhiannon. Yay! You get applause because it's your first time <laughs> with us. Yay! Oh, thanks. I feel so welcome. We don't care about those returning guests. It's just new guests like yourself, you know. <laughs> Everything's so much fun when it's brand new. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those guys are like so last know. season. We're <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, you again, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Well, you slipped Welcome through. to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, I'm yeah. excited to be here. So we should say a bit, because there was there was meant to be two of you today, not two Rhiannons, um, <laughs> a, a Rhiannon and a Shelby, I believe, um, because... Yeah. When I asked for, for people on the Facebook group, like if anyone wanted to guest for Daredevil Season 2, it works, guys. It, you know, if you contact me, I will give you a guest spot. Um, you actually messaged me and asked to be a guest and for a episode around this time in this in the season. Um, do you want to say why? Yeah. So um, Shelby, who runs the Charlie's Devils fan site or fan Twitter mm -hmm. and stuff, um, she and I traveled up to New York City around the time we weren't sure the exact episode. And um, we were standing on the streets of Queens like we just sort of went out to where they were filming. And all you can really see is who's going in the trailers. And she and I had gone up and saw Vincent D'Onofrio um, <laughs> get out of his van and go into the trailer. Um, Boy, and so. Oh, well, oh, Jesus. All I can picture is him walking across <laughs> oh the bridge God. in season one, like, fucking everyone's, no, I mean, like, moving I, out of the way. I mean, it would have been spoilers for you. Oh, it was a huge... Oh, yeah. You know, like, afterwards, I was like, I didn't want to know that. Um, <laughs> and then it's like, do I tell anybody or do I not? You know? We both... I mean joked that just our urine is still on the sidewalk because he's a scary, scary looking man. Uh, <laughs> and we saw him and John Bernthal both in the prison garb. And um, so we knew that was coming. Um, and so that's why I sort of want to be around this time because I wanted to be able to talk about seeing Vincent D'Onofrio on the streets and not, I don't know, yeah, and it be relevant. But um, 
yeah, it was, we, we saw Vincent, he got out, out of the van, he, sca- I, I mean, I was just scared. I mean, he, the man is just, <laughs> you know, cause he had, he was in his Fisk mode. Um, and that's what we, we went out, I went out three times this year and saw them filming. Um, and this was the middle time. And the first two, the, it was the second time I saw John Barenthal and John scared me every time as well. Uh, <laughs> he always has that, had that bruised makeup all over. Um, but even when he wasn't all bruised up, I was scared to, cause before they go and get into costume and stuff, you can sort of approach them and like ask for a picture or something. And, uh, I was just scared. Um, I, I couldn't tell if he was in costume or not. He would show up in, you know, in camouflage garb in, you know, with, with his stern face and everything. And I, I, and then when I saw him in makeup, inevitably Shelby and I both would, uh, a comment about it like oh my god and uh he would just glare at us uh, <laughs> which i hear he's a very nice guy and i'm sure if we had like you know managed to say something other than oh my god you're scary or i, I think at one point i was like oh my god there's blood now um <laughs> that's I, like I, the two scariest like characters you could possibly see yeah <laughs> yeah like as an actor like hearing that from random people every day oh my god there's blood oh my god it was just so surreal and weird yeah (laughs) well and the first time we went out there was when they were filming the cemetery scene with him and matt having the the conversation in the cemetery and i mean we had just guessed that was what it was because they were filming in a cemetery and it was just the two of them and no stuntmen And so, like, yeah, the first time I saw John, he had on, like, the blood, I mean, the bruises. Mm -hmm. And then I guess, like, they were heading heading to lunch or something. And then when he went back and got more makeup on or whatever, he had all the blood and everything. And, yeah, I just, every time we saw John Barenthal, it was nothing but just, like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, you got your ass kicked. Like, what happened? Um, So, yeah, and we met Charlie, and he was an absolute sweetheart uh, and never scared us. But, but yeah, we we saw Vincent D'Onofrio. And, um, and then I went on to, by the time the season started, I'm now a writer for the MCU exchange. So I did like a week before the season started, like wrote an article and put it out there that Vincent was going to be in season two. Um, I had decided the big secret I was going to keep was Nobu because I also ran into him on set. Oh, or behind- he's such a sweetheart. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing too. I was meeting some people and I was just hanging out near the trailers. I got there later and they were like, I didn't you tell us Peter Shinkoda was here? And I was like, I I didn't recognize Peter Shinkoda. <laughs> and they're like, you don't recognize Peter Shinkoda? And I was like, why would I be looking for him? He's dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> I recognize him because I, I looking for him. And there were ninjas everywhere. I mean, it was they were filming that rooftop scene. Well, oh, spoiler. Spoiler for future episodes. But, you mean um, the one where they climb up the roof in uh, up the walls in this episode, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the season oh, finale. I thought they were going to go right back down. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I thought they'd reach yeah, the they're, roof. They're just, <laughs> they're just climbing the walls and then they abseil back down and go, extreme! That's That's just it. a repelling okay. exercise. <laughs> we should say as well the MCU Exchange and also Charlie's Devils. We follow you guys our, our uh, Twitter. We follow you guys on Twitter, um, and like retweet each other back and forth, which is cool. And have a little chat every so often via Twitter. Oh. Yeah, so yeah. both tw- both Twitters are worth following for our listeners to get all the news. Absolutely, about yes. stuff. 
yeah so it's um it's oh it's so cool that you like saw vincent d'onofrio i'm so jealous <laughs> it was yeah uh, and i just didn't and, know you know and it's like do you tell people or not and i even like had a conversation with the security guard i'm like this guy's a big deal and he's like okay and i was like <laughs> I don't know if I should tell people or not. And he's like, oh, that'll be public information. Yeah, he's out here on the streets. Everybody will know. And I just kept waiting for people to know. Like, I was like... It's amazing that, like, it wasn't... You know, it was only rumoured that he was going to come back. Like, I was telling the guys, you know, when he reappeared, when we covered that episode, that no one really knew for definite that he was coming back. And it was such an awesome surprise that to see him him back he didn't appear in any of the trailers it was one of the things that i was really hoping wouldn't be um spoiled for for like robin matt and mel i'm glad that you guys well robin um i'm glad that matt and mel didn't get spoiled on it because yeah it's such a cool moment i did cool i did kind of have immediate regret for for spoiling it for people and stuff and i had planned not to spoil nobu for anybody and then they threw him in the trailers Um, yeah like it's insane that he was in the trailers. I yeah. I was like, darn it, Marvel, coordinate with me. Coordinate <laughs> with me. Anyway, trailers should be te- like teasers. You know, don't put everything in the. Tra- or, we can get to that with a little film I'm going to mention later in the news. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously you've seen the entire season. Um, yeah. You've seen everything. Are you um, are you rewatching along with the podcast, or you're just sort of? Yes. Oh, I've oh, been okay, rewatching. Cool. I mean, I immediately rewatched um, Shelby and I. So Shelby just chickened out um, on the podcasting. She's shy <laughs> sometimes. Um, cool. She and I locked ourselves in a hotel room and watched season two when it first premiered and then immediately rewatched the next day. Um, and then I've been rewatching. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I, um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm like, am I, I'm rewatching it for the podcast at the moment and for, um, with my mum and dad and kind of for pleasure. So I'm at three points during the season. I'm like watching different episodes. So I have to make sure in my notes, I'm not spoiling these guys on anything. It's kind of hard. And my mum and dad and myself, I guess. Um, Okay. Well, let's get into some news. Um, First thing I'm going to mention is I do have, if anyone saw it on the Facebook group, I do have ugly little plush daredevils sitting with me while we're recording the podcast. Because it's my new favorite thing, this ugly little plush daredevil that I bought. He's adorable. If I ever go back to New York, I'm going to take him with me so I can get photos of him running around in Hell's Kitchen because it's adorably ugly. Um, But in other news, uh, Robin, do you want to mention the new casting for Thor Ragnarok? Because I know you take a lot of glee in in my... (laughs) My reaction to this. Uh, Yeah, I was so excited. (laughs) That I couldn't yeah, wait to like share. You saw the Facebook post. I I told people like, uh, you know, this may be Thor Ragnarok might be a movie that Claire skips. <laughs> and also, <laughs> and it was so funny because people don't really don't really know about uh, you in that way. Uh, well, t- tell us, tell us who has been cast in Thor Ragnarok and why, why it might be the the movie that breaks me. All right. Well. Uh, the first bit of casting news is Carl Urban, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Mr. Jeff Goldblum <laughs> is joining the Marvel Universe. Oh, oh it's so awesome. <laughs> He's going to replace Sam Jackson as the new Nick Fury and be in every movie. Yeah. No! <laughs> Who is he supposed to play? Uh, 
he's playing some. Oh, they did say. Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I'm a terrible host. Uh, I'm opening he was up playing. The... He was playing that? someone like the. Oh, it was something like the something master. Was that it? Like or... a villain or something? Or I don't think he's the villain. He should be. I don't know. But um, if any listeners don't know, uh, and you probably don't know this, Rhiannon, my my long checkered past with... with, Oh, go on, go on. Sorry. Jeff is playing the Grandmaster, uh, a character who first appeared in Avengers 69. 69. Um, He's uh, one of the ageless elders of the universe and has mastered most civilizations' games of skill and chance. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Carl Urban is playing Why? Scourge, who's known as the Executioner. Um, I thought we already had a character called Scourge in Thor 2, but I, I think I'm mixing it up with like the random sort of big goblin guy. The guy that, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. It was Mr. Echo. Yeah, that guy. I thought he was called Scourge, but I'm, not, I'm really not that knowledgeable about the Thor characters as much as I am about other other areas of marvel um so I, I but post- the reason why oh, this yeah, this kind of wigs me out a bit is because my long checkered past with jeff goldblum is that i do genuinely have a bit of a phobia of jeff goldblum <laughs> and um meaning that i like a lot of people think it's because of the fly because he's he's all gross and that but i honestly don't mind him when he's the fly i just look at it and go oh the makeup's so cool it's awesome it's it's naked Jeff Goldblum running around doing acrobatics. I, 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 I genuinely scared of him, um, and yeah, and I, I honestly can't find the words. If he, if he was walking towards me, if it was a choice between Pennywise the Clown and Jeff Goldblum, and one of them wanted to give me a big hug, I'm going with Pennywise the Clown. I don't want to go and hug Jeff Goldblum. He's a, he just scares me. Where? So much so that recently they've had the the trailer for um, Independence Day two in the cinemas, and I've had to cover my eyes when Jeff Goldblum is. Oh my god, ah, Claire, Claire! There's a... oh sorry, God. No, what if Jeff Goldblum dressed up as Pennywise the clown? Is that more palatable? Well, there have been rumours that uh, people have said, oh, he would be really good as Pennywise in the remake of It, to which what? I've literally thrown up in my mouth because I don't know what I would do. I would have to probably leave the planet. <laughs> so, Jeff, if yeah, you're out there, film... please come on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, Robin will host that one. Yes. I won't be able to. <laughs> Claire will sit silently you're... waiting for it to be done. You're a good actor. You just really scare me. <laughs> um... What were you going to say, Robin? Sorry. I Well, the one thing, I, I just saw that the Funko Pop just released a, uh, a Jeff Goldblum Funko Pop for uh, Independence oh, Day. And I was, I'm, 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 I'm I'm thinking there might be a package in your future. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Ooh, what's this? Ah! I already get it where enough people just randomly, like, evilly post naked, you know, semi-naked pictures of Jeff Goldblum every so often on my Facebook, which always make me scream, so. Defenderspodcast <sighs> at gmail.com. <laughs> it's always like naked, sweaty Jeff Goldblum, too. I know, it's so horrible. <laughs> So, yeah, that is the, the basically the long and short of why I will go see Thor Ragnarok, but I might be sitting there, you know, shaking and crying through certain parts of it. <laughs> I love how, like, the reaction to that post, though, in the group was just like, people are like, what the hell is your problem with <laughs> Why? <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. I One guy was like, are you anti-Semitic? And I was like, no. Anti-Semitic? Really? 
<laughs> yes, it's just Jeff Goldblum. Can't stand oh. anyone with the name Gold in their last name. Yeah, uh, I dare though. I really had a character, Mr. Gold, from Once Upon a Time. Anyway, uh, other news. Let's get away from Jeff Goldblum. Other news. Uh, it's been confirmed that Carrie Ann Moss will be um, uh, in Iron Fist TV series, which doesn't come as a massive surprise because the character of Hogarth is a, is an Iron Fist character, but it's pretty cool to get that confirmed. So we get more more Carrie Ann Moss, which is very very cool. Um, Michael Keaton at the moment, it's been said, is in final negotiations to play the main villain in Spider Man Homecoming. Yes. Um, you want to get nuts? Would be very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get nuts. Ah, um, uh, I can tell you if you want. Um, yeah, I in some other news about I don't know, like Rhiannon, have you been following the Spider Man Homecoming stuff that much? Yeah, there was a lot of Spider Man Homecoming news yeah. this week. He's been uh, I mean, my... from chaperone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Michael Keaton will be the evil principal, not letting know. Um, because <laughs> like he was, he was rumored to be in the process of being cast, and then he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Now he's back in. Um, and it was they announced this week that there's going to that the villains are going to be the Vulture, and then he's mm-hmm. going to have sidekick the Tinkerer. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he's going to be the the Vulture after being Birdman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's gonna be like all the flying creatures. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Did Rhiannon, did you see the, the news about the Reddit post about? I did. So th- this is quite. I mean, this is interesting because, like before, there have been Reddit posts about the plot. I think, uh, like, of various superhero films, um, and there's certain people who like leak plots on Reddit that have turned out to be completely correct i think um it happened for age of ultron batman versus superman and a few others and there's been uh, one leaked for um spider-man homecoming and And it was uh, in depth it was like the whole movie it was really in depth it was everything and i watched it It was by um the video i watched was the comic book cast who reported on it on youtube and i watched it um because i i kind of am following sort of almost all the spoilers for the Marvel stuff because I want to be up to date on behind the scenes stuff and how it ties in with Netflix and all this kind of thing. And it, it sounds really cool. It, I mean, I, I won't spoil anything for listeners. I mean, they mention obviously the Vulture, which has been a villain they've wanted to include for a long, long time. So that's very cool. And the fact that he's an aerial villain because he flies, I think will make some really cool action scenes with, with Spider-Man. But the main thing that I actually mentioned on Facebook group as well is that they say that early on in the in the script, there is a mention of Daredevil. Um, a lot of people on Facebook group got excited because they were like, oh, it means that, you know, Daredevil and Spider-Man know each other. But I'll reiterate, it was a mention just that Daredevil is a character that exists in the same universe as that Spider-Man. So that's pretty cool because it would be the yeah. first confirmation that... Of, of the Netflix shows in the movies. Yeah. Like, do you, what do you guys think about that? So they definitely are going to mention Daredevil, or what? We don't know. So it was basically just a reference. I mean, they, I mean, uh, that was the one part when I read in the description that they mentioned Daredevil. There was nothing about it that Daredevil would show up. And when I was reading through the whole thing, I was like, well, obviously this isn't true, because... <laughs> They haven't referenced the Netflix shows or anything in the movies. 
any point. So I was just like, oh, obviously it's not true. But um, there was a lot of detail there that seems to be matching up with the news that's getting confirmed. Um, so it was a really interesting thread. Interesting. Yeah, and I see D'Onofrio actually tweeted. He said, I like all this action oh, yeah. about me doing Spider-Man. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I haven't heard anything about it, but you guys keep going. And that, yeah. and that, that thread on Reddit did not have any mention of the Kingpin. Um, but yeah, D'Onofrio's, I mean, like I've watched D'Onofrio's Twitter feed knowing that he was going to be in Daredevil season two. And, you know, he, he was sort of a neither confirm nor deny in that situation. So watching, I mean, he's clearly denying he's in Spider-Man. So yeah, yeah the Spider-Man news has been interesting this week. Yeah, it's yeah. It's been I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I'm still for for this phase of movies, I'm still more excited for Black Panther movie after seeing Civil War. I can't wait to see that. Oh yeah. I think it's gonna be good. Um last bit of news I just thought I'd mention quickly because um because we discussed um like Batman v Superman a bit and we mentioned Deadpool and we've obviously mentioned Civil War, so like the big superhero films for this year. I saw X-Men Apocalypse this week. I don't know if it's out in America yet, so sorry, guys, if it's not. Probably not. Um, Probably not. Um, But I saw that this week. I'm just going to say I enjoyed it. For me, it's kind of between Batman v Superman and Civil War. Um, I thought a lot (laughs) of the... That's a huge stretch, though. (laughs) I I still don't think Civil War is the best MCU movie. I think Winter Soldier is better than Civil War. So it is a big stretch. I, I think the Still, yeah. the acting in a lot of cases in X-Men Apocalypse was better than the material given. I thought James McAvoy was really, really good. I think Michael Fassbender was a bit wasted in it, even though he did a really good performance. Um, but I liked it. It was cool. You know, it was enjoyable. I went, well, that was an enjoyable film. But I, I probably won't see it again until it's on Blu-ray. So I just thought I'd mention that because, you know, it's the other big superhero film of the year. About- and why not? What about compared to the other two uh, recent uh, X-Men movies? Better than First Class, not as good as Days of Future Past, I would say, in my in my opinion. Like, I okay. don't, I, I think Days of, I, I gotta rewatch, because so many people say, like, Days of Future Past was so amazing. <laughs> and to me, I just watched it and I was like, I don't even... I, I don't think Days, I still all. think the best X-Men film is X2. I don't think oh, Days of Future Past beat that. Um, I... The first class was, I thought was I, miles better I, than Days of Future Past. I didn't like first class at all, but wow. you know, that's it's just it's just the opinion, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate what Days of Future Past did in rewriting the X Men universe, so hopefully we can get other certain storylines that were mucked up in the first films done better. I liked. I was very happy though that that in this one we had Nightcrawler because he's my favorite X Man. For some reason, my favorite Marvel characters are all Catholics. I don't know what that says about me because I love Daredevil and I love Nightcrawler. I love fictional superhero Catholics for some reason. If only there was a super pope. Tortured the earth. <laughs> There's Battle Pope. I think Kirkman wrote that one, right? Oh, I don't know. Battle Pope. I just I wanted to mention I know nobody cares about Shield but me, <laughs> but uh, I just finished uh, the the season and it actually was a a gr- pretty great wrap up to the season. Um, but there was this news report of Chloe Bennett in the, in like a panel saying getting kind of openly frustrated that like mm-hmm. none of the MCU pays attention to Agents of Shield or really anything on the TV set. 
you know, so. I, I loved that. Yeah. I loved her just saying, like, somebody had asked a random question, like, what's your favorite Inhuman? And she's like, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And they haven't mentioned us in the movies. Yeah. It was just yeah. great. It's just, you know, I don't know. probably frustrated as well that they've, you know, they've shelved the Inhumans movie for now as well, which, yeah. uh, you know, would have been the movie where they would be most likely to, to carry over from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as That's it is true. now, I guess, to the movies. Um, yeah. It's just you know, it, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm just a bit. I'm. I'm a. I. I it's a shame because I mean, this show is still going. I wish they would acknowledge it in the films. But I'm. I'm still one of the people that thinks Coulson should have died. I love the character, but I. I want a character to die in the movies and stay dead. Yeah. That yeah. isn't Quicksilver. I just. I. I think the films are crying out for a character to die and stay dead. Yeah. Like they they need it to like and that's not just Thor's mum or Quicksilver. I think I think Coulson's death and then the the fact that Nick Fury like not only bloodied up some Captain America cards and then he knows that Coulson's alive and doesn't tell the Avengers. I think that like makes uh, the uh, Nick Fury character even more interesting. You know? I I think you could have got the same thing with Nick Fury bloodying up the Captain America cards. Yeah. But you don't have to have Coulson be alive. You can still have him be a sneaky son of a bitch and, you know, doing the cards to guilt Captain America and I, you know, and Tony. But just I don't see why I I just don't get why they brought him back. I think it would have been perfect to kill him off. And I think the character has been there's not that much to do with the character. And I, I, I don't the show at least. Yeah. He's like one of the best. I, parts yeah. Of I mean, show. I've, I've not seen a lot of season three. I just, I, I just, I really want them to kill a character off. And particularly as they're now getting to the end of contracts with the actors and they've said about moving forward with, you know, possibly other characters taking up the man, you know, like, rep- like having almost a rotation of Avengers for when, or I'm bringing another actor in to play Iron Man or whatever, kill a character. You need to kill some characters. Otherwise, there is absolutely no risk. There's, the characters are not in peril. Um, and that's not just me saying that as a, a, a grown, you know, an adult, saying this about films that, you know, are enjoyed by a lot of children as well. But you need you need characters. You need that real risk. Like, children appreciate that. You know what I mean? I just think there's just there's no risk. But the same There's, thing can be I said just, about comic books. I mean, the only person that's yeah, but comic, comic books are different. <laughs> Uncle Ben. Oh yeah, Uncle comic books. Karen, fifty plus Karen. years. Karen. Yeah, and Uncle that's Ben true. has never come back. Karen. Yeah. Karen. Yeah. Um, Daredevil. Comic books have been running for like fifty plus years. So, yeah, and Karen. Um, <laughs> I mean, know, if so it's, kill, it's, it's in the movies. If they're going to kill an adventure, I think everybody would be happy if it was Hawkeye. Oh. Yeah. Apart from our, our previous guest, Vicky, cover your ears. Oh, sorry. I mean, no, I love, I, I like Hawkeye a lot in the comics, but in the movies, I, eh. He mm. seems like a douche. I think <laughs> the reason I can't get into comic books. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not realistic. Nobody ever dies. Mm. Everybody always comes back somehow. It's just, I mean, even without deaths in comic books, you have, you have a certain, like, cycle of, of, um, retconning, you know, even with a character like Daredevil, Mm-hmm. Daredevil's his identity's public knowledge. Oh no, it's not public knowledge now, and now it is, and now it isn't. You know, you have to do that because they go on for so long. You have fifty years of telling stories. There's only you know that's why the characters, even though they've been going for fifty years, like Peter Parker's aged what ten years, 
um, you know, because you just you can't have them age like 50 years or whatever. But I just think in terms of the movies, there needs to be some kind of permanence to it, um, which isn't to say that I wanted a character to be killed off in Civil War. I think if they keep this rift for most of phase three um, between like Cap and, and Iron Man, I think that would be great. But I just feel now like they are crying out for some kind of thing. And I have a feeling that characters will probably die in Infinity War and then they'll get brought back in part two. I just have a feeling, but yeah, yeah we'll see. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Should we get on to this week's episode? Yeah, long intro. I could talk yeah. I could talk about the movies for all day, but yeah, very yes. long intro. Um Okay, so this week we are discussing Daredevil season two, episode ten. I can't believe we're on episode ten already. Um The Man in the Box. This was written by Whit Anderson and Snare Course, based on a story by John C. Kelly and directed by Peter Hall. Good old Whit. So they're all returning. Whit. They're all returning for this this uh, season, which is quite cool. Um, so we start off with the police investigating the caged people from the previous episode. And we find Stan crying and holding his son, Daniel. Uh, he's then approached by Daredevil who tells, uh, sorry, Brett Mahoney is then approached by Daredevil who tells him to take all the sort of caged children to Metro General. Yep. Still gross. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> like, each time I rewatched, I was like, oh, I haven't seen this because I fast forward through it because it's creepy. <laughs> I My first note was, I love, I, I mean, I love Mahoney anyway. I love that we've got this character. I hope he appears in Luke Cage. I don't know how that would work. And Iron Fist as well, because I love him and Claire being these two figures that pop up through all the things. I love his reaction because the fact that he almost throws up when he sees the blood. I was like, yes, that's what, exactly what you would do, because you would be like, this is so gross. Even yeah. though he's a cop, this is something else. He doesn't see this every day. I love the way he plays it. It's great. Do you know what I don't love? Uh, Foggy Nelson. No. Do you know <laughs> when, when Mahoney and Daredevil are talking, and yeah. Mahoney's like, Hey, they're draining their blood. Why are they doing that? And Daredevil says, "Who cares? It's more important to find the dude behind all this." So wait, <laughs> do you not want to find out this guy's mo? Come on, like that's that's gonna be like the reason why he's doing this might help you find this guy. What are that's you doing? True. <laughs> you can't. That's law one hundred one. <laughs> no one ever called Daredevil a detective. <laughs> oh, he's terrible. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I detect things with my fists. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, poor Mahoney's, uh, uh, you know, he's now mixed up with Daredevil, and it's like, yeah, uh, who, who do you think did this? Oh, maybe start with the Yakuza. Start? <laughs> what? <laughs> and he says to him, for this shit. You, he's like, did you see anyone down there? And Matt sort of says no, which is kind of funny on two <laughs> things, because obviously he didn't see anyone down there. But also, ah. he's, what's he going to say? Go, yeah, I saw the... Uh, the magic ninja that I killed last year. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Actually, I'm blind. Oh, damn it, Mahoney, you tricked me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Oh, I, I I, love these two working together. I, I think it's great. But I, I feel really bad for Mahoney. I feel bad for him like I feel bad for Claire because it's just Matt turning up and being like, hey, do this. By the way, it's going to put your life in danger. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I probably would appreciate more knowledge about Mahoney's character than to actually care much, much more about him. Than he's, I wonder if we'll ever meet his mum. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cigar smoking mom. <laughs> <laughs> so Mah- uh, Mahoney is told by Matt to send the kids to Metro General. We know why. Um, and we see why in the next scene, because Claire is treating the patients in Metro General in a wing that's being remodeled, I guess, just so it looks super creepy later, like a zombie movie. Because <laughs> We gotta get uh, that lighting just right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, Matt appears and tells her uh, that Nobu is back and that she's in danger. Were you guys happy to see Claire back? Oh, yeah. I don't know. She's been back on and off, hasn't she? She's not been back in this season so far, has she? No, she Yeah, hasn't. she was in that early oh, she has, yeah. yeah when Foggy was looking for Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've completely yeah, I, I, I did the problem with doing three rewatches at once. I'm like, I don't know where we are. <laughs> Listen, gang members, you better stop fighting, or I'm going to use my lawyer skills on you. <laughs> I didn't realize that Foggy was coming the frog. Coming the foggy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I just did that voice. <laughs> it, it suits him. <laughs> foggy bear. Waka <laughs> waka. Oh. Okay, mate, He's note to self. Team. In sketchbook tomorrow, draw. Oh, man. Oh, man. Every time every time Foggy exits a scene now, I'm going to go... with a giant cane. Oh, man. I'm... Who do we pair Owsley up with if, he, if Owsley's Statler? <laughs> Oh, 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 I don't know. Who's going to be Sam the Eagle? I kind of want Fisk. You are all a bunch of weirdos. I think think Fisk is Sam the Eagle. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, this is the reason I have a sketchbook uh, next to me. So, watch this face. So, we learn that the kids have had their fingerprints burnt off, which is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, Matt approaches Claire. Could he have approached her in a slightly less creepy way? <laughs> be yeah. Like, hey. Yep. <laughs> Sneaking up and grabbing her in the hallway was not cool. <laughs> no. I feel like maybe he's just trying to get her, uh, maybe her uh, sense of caution up. Yeah. So he's just like, hey, you know, trying to scare her so that she'll be more alert about stuff. And maybe that did save her in the end. Maybe. You know what? When- he's going to start, like, jumping out at her at random moments, just go, boo! Like, yeah, just exactly. testing you. Sorry, you know what? You, you, know what wi- you know what women like? They like to be grabbed by unseen assailants. <laughs> That's what they like. Now, now oh, we yeah. know how uh, you and Mel met, don't we, Mel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always on high alert. <laughs> Um, we get, um, Matt then hears the call out for Frank Castle to hear that he has escaped. Then we get credits. Yes, escaped. And Matt is hitting the Catholic morphine, as Claire calls it, which I thought was funny. <laughs> yes, that was funny. That's actually my quote. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I don't care. I'll say it anyways. Ruined. So, the next day, Karen, um... Matt and Foggy arrive at the courthouse um, because they've been asked to meet Reyes. They've actually been told to meet Reyes by the police. And Matt, uh, uh, when Matt arrives, he and Karen are still a bit frosty with each other. It's like, oh, she was gonna, she was gonna say nothing and let him walk straight past her. I was like, oh, <laughs> made me sad. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he knows that she's there anyway. Yeah, uh, it's just funny that he was. It's like, 
I'm going to play the blind guy. And I don't see you. He really acts it up in that scene. He's really playing the blind guy. (laughs) Even... He does a lot of it in this episode, though. Like, even when he goes to yeah. the jail later, you know, and he has to leave oh, yeah. his cane. And when he goes into the room and Karen tells him where the, the the chair is. Although one of the things I noticed in the next scene when they're, they're going along the hall to talk to Reyes is that usually in this case, I mean, they're like Matt is playing it up. his like his public persona as as the blind guy. Foggy usually kind of goes along with it so foggy in this case would be leading matt or karen would be leading matt along that that corridor neither of them are leading him which i liked because it plays up the fact that they're all kind of a bit isolated from each other at the moment i just thought that was a cool little detail mm-hmm. yeah and i think um charlie even talked about it i think that empire podcast that you were talking about last week mm-hmm. every with charlie charlie was talking about that there was a scene where they were all very cold with him so he couldn't grab any elbows now, he should have been, like, running into walls and then turning and stuff, but they wouldn't let him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't have time for him to act as blind as he wanted to act. But Yeah. Paul, um, I should ask ask you, obviously, what do you... Because th- we've said that, that Matt is... He's a little bit of an arsehole sometimes in this season. What are oh, your yeah. thoughts on that, Rhiannon, like, up to the this episode so far? I think he's an absolute jerk. Um, I think it's all justified uh, in his own weird way. I think it's very true to the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's he very much gets caught up in his own little world. So yeah, he's been a, he's been a complete asshole. You mean um, in the comics, no one likes Daredevil either. Aww. Well, in the, in the comics, like Karen and Foggy are done with him a lot. <laughs> I mean, he and Foggy break up all the time in the comics, and then they get back together, and then they break up, and then they get back together. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I mean... There's a reason that a lot of people break up with with Matt as well, you know, when they're not being killed. (laughs) But they're just like, you know what, no. (laughs) Like, Black Widow's like, nah. Yeah. And and I think Charlie does a great job of, you know, making him charming enough that you believe people would still kind of put up with it. Um, but making him irritating enough that you're like, yes, we are done with you, Matt Murdock. Mm-hmm. Done with you. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think they played the line really well. Um, and I still love Foggy. I mean, I, I know people either love or hate Foggy. Um, I think he's totally justified. And in- We're looking at you, Mel. <laughs> yeah, I just don't like the writing. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a badass in this scene where they go and speak to Reyes because yes. it's, I mean, even walking in the corridor, it's Foggy that's leading, being a badass. And then he's the one when they speak to Reyes and he's just like, you know, let's cut the shit. And I was like, yeah, Foggy. I love Foggy being badass lawyer. Like, it makes me very happy. <laughs> yeah. And Foggy's the one who's like, nope, <laughs> I'm going. Yeah. Um, well, you want help? Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. See ya. This is when as well, like we get a very different side to Reyes, obviously in this scene, because they're going to speak to her. She's in her um, her sweater, um, which is like a law sweater. I think she's wearing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, from her, I can't remember. I didn't really write it down. Yeah, I think that was it. I wrote it down somewhere. Um, but she actually admits to screwing up at Central Park, and she gets quite emotional. Um, Fordham, yeah, that was it. Fordham Law. Um, Nailed it. And obviously, it's where she's <laughs> she's been now it's it's kind of personal because she believes that Frank is targeting her daughter 
Oh, actually, I had another note saying about the characters sort of isolating themselves from each other. There's a point where Matt says something in this scene and Karen, like, rolls her eyes and is like, oh, like this. And I was like, they're really frosty with each other. Like, it's <laughs> quite the opposite reaction than Karen's usual. Like, yay, he's saying something awesome and I'm so proud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if, the, if this scene was supposed to, like, humanize this uh, district attorney or whatever character... It didn't. <laughs> well, they were trying to humanize her by dressing her up in sweatpants or well, whatever. No, yeah, that, 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 and she was all like pleading and quote unquote sorry, but she everything she was doing was just for selfish reasons because yeah. it's something that she cared about finally. So yeah, well, that, like Matt says, like she didn't clear the park, like yeah. that. I, I mean, she says she had her reasons and all this, but. Like Matt is completely disgusted with that, and yeah, you can't you can't be doing this kind of operation with all these civilians around. Like, it it just so happens, I guess, that it was Frank's family that got caught up. But it could have been like so. I mean, it could have been so much worse. The outcome of this, in terms of civilian casualties. Um, so I mean, I think they're trying to humanize her. I think they do humanize her. But what she does, I mean, what and what she did is is still it's awful. And then she yeah. tried to you know, kill Frank um, by doing the do not resuscitate, like the DNR. Um, What did you think when all of a sudden we get 10 million bullets through the window? Loved it. (laughs) Loved it. (laughs) You did? Why? Like, where is this scene going? Like, the scene was boring me. I was like, yay, something exciting. (laughs) Was it when Foggy got shot too? Or you're like, oh my god, he's going down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mel, Mel got up and fist pumped the air at that moment. <laughs> no, I, yes. whatever. I, I, I don't hate Fog. Like, I don't, I just hate it when he's trying to be witty too hard. Like, he's trying too hard to be funny, and I don't like it. You don't Aww. mind him in this scene? Oh. I didn't mind him in this scene. I don't mind him when he's being serious. When he's trying to be funny, I just, like, he's shut up. Too busy being shot. Yeah. To be funny. Right now, he's too busy being shot, so it's all right. <laughs> he wasn't shot in a funny manner then, Mel. No, although it would have been pretty great if he was shot in a funny manner. Yeah. <laughs> I, when he like, was when shot, it, that's when it should have done your closing music, your Fozzie Bear music. As his eyes slowly close and he dies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just thinking of that like scene in the first episode with the dogs of hell, like when he's all you know trying to be badass up against them. You yeah. know, if they had just like capped him in the knee. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, Poor Foggy on crutches the rest of the season because he tried to stand up that one time. <laughs> Maybe he gets a bionic do. leg, like um, you know, Winter Soldier bionic arm. Yeah, he gets bionic yeah. Leg. So he can just take bad guys out by kicking them. Oh, no. <laughs> but it, it would be, but it would have to be like a bionic leg that kind of malfunctions every once in a while, so he just randomly kicks people sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> in court, oh my god! Yes, in court, he <laughs> kicks That'd the judges. <laughs> Maybe uh, Marvel should write that as one of their what if one shots. What if Foggy got a bionic leg? Yes. <laughs> do it, Marvel. You do don't it. want they... him to put his foot down. Oh, no. <laughs> what? I like the, the crap fact. you guys are spitting out was any more awesome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So the court is evacuated, obviously. And Foggy is treated for um, a gunshot to the shoulder. Foggy asks Matt not to go and hunt down the Punisher, but Matt leaves anyway, and Foggy's just a bit like, ugh. 
and a bit and I'm like oh poor sad sack foggy and meanwhile Blake Tower is kind of freaking out he's really upset as you would be did you guys think this was the Punisher the first time no 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 I didn't Why not? like Why it's not? his MO um, but it seemed way too public <laughs> mm-hmm I mean, he's supposed to be one shot, one kill. I mean, even though he did that shooting spree in the hospital, yeah. And he did like the Irish. He gunned down there. It, it, yeah, like you were right. It, like it literally, like when I said, there's ten thousand bullets. It's like all the bullets. It was like okay. Yeah. It it just seemed. There's a lot more chance. And of I also think. Casualties. Yeah, and I also think he wouldn't if it was if it was Frank. He wouldn't have started shooting if he saw that. Um, like Foggy, Matt, and Karen were in his sights as well. Not because he particularly well, cares about Foggy or Matt. Well, he doesn't care about Foggy or Matt. He, he possibly cares a bit about Karen. But just the fact that they're civilians, I don't think he would have started shooting. Mm. Do you think if he did, it would have been like a sniper shot and he would have taken Reyes out with one shot to the head. Do you guys yeah. think it's his style to be threatening children as well? No. Nope. <laughs> no. But I, did, I didn't think so either. So, mm. can we just do this? Like, who's the blacksmith? <laughs> who do you guys think? Well, who do you guys think? Me and Rhiannon are going to keep quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, who, who, who's from last season that we had that we don't know what happened to them? Anyone? Uh, That's exactly. That's a Melanie Dow, the Owlsley guy too. No, did he die? I don't remember. Owlsley died. Yeah, but he talked about comic- having a son. This is mm-hmm. comic book universe. People come back. <laughs> Well, and also he talked about having a son a whole yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. So I, I still have faith. Yeah. I still have faith that little Lee will come back and be the owl. Yeah, little owlet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm like thinking, like, like we're ten episodes in. They're not just going to introduce a new player, you know? Like this blacksmith guy has got to be someone we know. Why not? Just because it's, it's he t- unless, you know what unless else? it's like the unless they're like the blacksmith is going to be the big villain of season three and we're just introducing him right now as an unsolved thing and then we're going to get back to ninja stuff and whatever and then we're just going to close out the season. Like, well, Robin, I want to tell you something that might blow your mind a bit. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. So, blacksmith begins with the letter B. Hmm. Do you know what else begins with the letter B? Bullshit. Bullseye. Good guess. Bullseye. <laughs> oh. I was also like Blake Smith, Blade, Blake Tower, Blake Tower. Like that's what I'm, that's my prime suspect right now. I'm like, uh, obviously he's somebody that could have slipped that uh, uh, X-ray into the daughter's backpack. He could get inside the house and do that. He could he could have uh, he could be gunning for Reyes's job. He could be like you you want to you want corrupt? I'll be corrupt and uh, totally set this in motion. I'm. I'm Thinking it was Blake Tower. Mm. I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> All right, that's fun. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't you like it to be um, Magal with like a, a machine gun? I don't. I don't know these characters very well. <laughs> I forget them from one season to the next. I don't. Unless they're wearing a costume of some kind. Unless they're wearing a costume, <laughs> I will not recognize them. I do not remember that Owsley had a son when you guys mentioned it. I was like, oh, he had a son? I don't remember this. <laughs> so I am not one to speculate. <laughs> I've rewatched season one a lot. So. Yeah, see, I've only seen it once. And uh, if I yeah. had seen it again, maybe I would remember, but... Mel, can I just say, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Claire. (laughs) Uh, 
and and also like the other question is like is this blacksmith at all related to the hand like that storyline or these two actually different storylines that are happening in season two mm-hmm. and that seems kind of weird from like a, a story approach you know just to have these two very separate things happening could blacksmith be related to anything in jessica jones or maybe maybe somebody uh from sticks group stick yeah. and stone and bone or whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that that one guy like that, that is completely names. ineffective names <laughs> yeah so remember we noted that names you know, names is the pacifist because stick, yeah. stick and stone will hurt people, but names will never hurt people. Or just in the comics. I can't remember if they've mentioned them here or in the movies or what. I can't remember either. We saw See, stone I'm getting back. the universes mixed we saw, up. We saw stick and stone. We saw stone's back, but not much of him. What, we saw in the show? stone's back in yeah. season one. Yeah. Okay. In season one. I don't but they didn't, they, call they, him they didn't name him. Yeah, they didn't name him as stone, but it basically was stone. Stick, stick was reporting to somebody. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, in the next scene, Matt arrives at the prison with Donovan to see Fisk. Claire cheers. That's my my description. <laughs> in this scene, oh, I... Like, okay, I watched this scene the first time. In you know, Getting to the end of my marathon the first day, I was... I watched this scene maybe three or four times the first time. I... This scene... I love so much. This is my favorite scene in both seasons of Daredevil and Jessica Jones because just for the the Daredevil like the Daredevil nerd in me is so excited that it's it's Matt Murdock going up against Fisk and it's it's both brains and brawn and I love it and it's just an acting powerhouse and I oh the power shift between them I I love this scene. Love 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 love. So, I liked it yeah. a lot too, but I couldn't tell if Matt was acting scared or what. Actually scared. Or actually scared. I think he was scared. <laughs> I think he was yeah. scared. <laughs> because I, I thought think he was with with Rhiannon and Shelby, like you know, I, having I mean, a little, little I... wee on the on the pavement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think he was. <laughs> yeah. And Shelby and I, I mean, because we watched this, you know, I said we watched it together the first time through, and I have to say, we both probably peed again. <laughs> when the words cell block D were yes. said. Oh, we'll get to that. In <laughs> okay, yeah. 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 But yeah, that whole scene, that, that scene was just magnificent. <sighs> Every little it's... bit of it. So good. All I could picture, though, when he was talking about when Vanessa and him would be looking up on high, all I could picture was him, because it sounded like he was just, you know, the way he was acting, he was kind of like making himself like into like a bigger kind of like so it almost seemed like he was willing himself to kind of grow large. And all I could picture was King Kong grabbing <laughs> Vanessa and climbing on top of a high... Like, well, a, like Donkey uh, Kong, like we said last week. Donkey Kong. Yeah, yeah Donkey Kong, yes. but this time it's King Kong. And it's just... Oh. <laughs> yeah. Poor Kingpin just can't get away from the monkey comparison. He really can't. I got the giggles at the start of this scene because the bit where, like, I mean... One of one of the things I, th- I think was was a kind of a nice touch in this is like Donovan is so dismissive of Matt that he hands the form to him upside down, the Braille form. I like the fact that Matt has to turn it the right way up. I thought that was cool. But when they're X-raying his cane, I got the giggles because I just kept thinking if this was like 
sin- like comic book accurate and this was his comic book cane the guards would like x-ray and the guard would be like um excuse me sir um you appear to have like uh, a uh, a sheet of um fabric in your cane and a recording device and a uh <laughs> and a, a gatling gun and uh and uh, a suit and some acid and uh this and that and um what exactly is going on here he'll be like oh shit i don't know did you oh, just like, like, delightful the 300 pound cane yeah. yeah did you like this scene robin oh fucking oh god i was just in ecstasy it was so good <laughs> it was so good because i was like holy shit matt is really uh taking him down and i was like he's asking for so much trouble to be rained up upon him and then just to reveal that fisk isn't even cuffed and he just grabs him well, he takes the cuffs off like, oh, you see okay. him, like, as soon as Matt mentions Burnett, like, it's the moment when just, Matt kind of has no, the upper hand. Broke. Sorry? He just broke them. I was them. asking if he had... Well, yeah. No, oh, I think he... Them? I think I don't think he broke them. Um, they because they're not broken. But he... he um, Like, Matt's got the upper hand. And then the fact that Matt... Uh, the Fisk isn't giving him, like, the info he wants, I think is making Matt angry. And that's when Matt slaps the... Um, like, smacks the table. And because... He's so angry. I think that's what makes him cocky. And that's why he mentions Vanessa. And as soon as I saw that the first time, I was like, oh, my God. Because we know what Fisk does to people who even bring his mother in to investigate his mum. You know, he killed Ben because of that. (laughs) Vanessa is like a whole other level. And as soon as he said Vanessa, we see um, Fisk put his hands under the table. And then they're under the table the rest of the time. Because before that, he's kind of rubbing his hands. And then... It's just that bit when he just loses it. And, and also, um, Matt calls him Wilson, which like Fisk would take as an affront as well because you call him Mr. Fisk. That was in the rules when he went in. And then he, he just goes crazy. And, I mean, Matt gets one punch in, good for him, which yeah. we see um, Fisk's reaction to it a bit later. But I, I just, oh, this scene. And the fact that Kingpin, I mean, already daredevil was an enemy of kingpins like a real enemy because he's the one that put kingpin in jail i think before this um like nelson and murdoch were maybe a minor hindrance to the kingpin it was like you know whatever but now he's like i'm gonna tear everything about your life down yours and nelson's and it's like holy shit i like how he knows he knows uh foggy's full name Mm -hmm. Uh, i just realized sorry i just realized that Wilson Fisk is like Hannibal without the cannibalism. <laughs> he really is. Yeah, because yeah. he wants everybody to be polite to him, and he gets angry when they're not. But yeah. Speaking of that punch, though, don't tell me that he's going to figure out that Matt's daredevil just from being punched in the face. Um, I, I well, I again, I can only speak for myself in this episode. I didn't get that. Um, I kind of got that it's, it's almost like. It, it reminded me of like, you know, in the film 300, where the whole thing at the end was um, Gerald Butler. There's no way he can beat this. What was it? Xerxes. But he makes the guy bleed and it shows weakness. And it's like the whole idea of making a god bleed. This Matt Murdock, who Fisk sees as just this puny blind lawyer. It's not like he's daredevil. He sees this guy as just this blind lawyer. But he got a punch in and made him bleed. And yeah. that as well he's gonna pay it's not just that he threatened vanessa he made kingpin who is the kingpin of this prison he's the god he made him bleed that's what i saw it as and okay. so that's why he decides it better just be that 
<laughs> uh, I'm not saying anything else. You know, you have to wait until. I definitely um, was suspecting it. I was definitely suspecting it. Um, I, it. Sorry, I asked Matt and Mel because obviously you guys have seen it. Um, uh, do you guys think like yes, like when he shows up uh, to visit him? To, sorry, when Matt visits uh, Fisk in this episode, I was surprised because I thought, okay, so maybe Kingpin just had like one episode, like Stick had one episode uh, mm-hmm. last season. Um, do you, do you think this this is now it for Kingpin after this episode, or you think uh, he's in for the rest of the season? Uh, you go ahead, Mel. I whew. I don't know. I, was wondering, I like, think is this a setup for season three right here? Or I think that's it? probably it for Kingpin yeah. for now. Yeah, for he's, now. Well, he's gonna get out at some point. It, they're setting it up, obviously, mm-hmm. for something. I don't know what. Because he can't be the blacksmith. <laughs> it just no, doesn't make any sense. I don't. No. I don't even think he should. Maybe they'll do it just because they're not confident they can get more than three seasons. But I don't even think he should come back next season. I think next season season should be bullseye. Mm-hmm. You think yeah. they should let him rot in prison for a while? Well, we could plot he, his revenge. You can guest star again next season. I maybe show up in the defenders. I honestly, yeah, I, think it would be. Yeah, I'll, I'll mention that in the trivia as well. Yeah. yeah. I honestly well, think it would be interesting if they kept him in prison and kept him doing things from behind the prison bars, but like kind of, you know, be pulling the strings. I think mm. that would be really interesting. I'd love to see him actually in a Spider-Man movie and actually cross over because he is a yeah. Spider- Spider-Man villain, too. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait. yeah, he started off as a Spider-Man villain and... They base and I mean when he was a Spider-Man villain, he was co- almost more like akin to the the Blob in the X-Men in that he was just this big guy who fought. He wasn't really this this intellectual villain as well, you know this this smart guy. And it was Frank Miller that sort of took him and crafted him into the villain now. So even though he's more widely acknowledged as almost like the Moriarty to Matt Murdock Sherlock, he yeah he's a Spider-Man villain. Hmm. I was reading, I was reading about Black Panther recently, and apparently he took over for Daredevil for a little while. Yeah, he did. Um, which was after the Shadowlands storyline. Um, um, the Shadowlands storyline uh, when that ended, which they they are kind of tying in a bit with with the show because it was very um, based in the hand. Um, it was a crossover event, so a lot of street level characters turned up in it, like Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Um, but at the end of that, Matt kind of left and wanted to take some time out and basically said to T'Challa, um, because there was some issues going on, I think, with T'Challa's, I can't remember what it was, but it was basically like, oh, will you step in and protect the kitchen for me? So the issues of sort of quote-unquote Daredevil after that were Black Panther kind of protecting Hell's Kitchen, mm. which I would love to see them interact as well. I think that would be awesome. I just said the kingpin can't be blacksmith, but now I'm going. Well, wait, what? What if he is? Because <laughs> this blacksmith seems like he's just like orchestrated this huge plan to get all these uh, gangs in the same park at the same time, and you know, and then have them wipe each other out essentially, uh, including blowing up a police sting operation. And he would need information about that. And he seemed to have information about Frank's family being killed and who was responsible for uh, bringing these gangs together. So he would have some sort of information. on. Um, like, I'm thinking, like, 
that does sound like a kingpin thing to do. <laughs> like, well, you can't do another prediction now. You've already said Blake Tower, Robin. Uh, no, it's both of them. They're working together somehow. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, I have one last note on this scene, which I think is when we were discussing uh, at the start, if, if Matt is pretending to be scared, like playing it up, or if he genuinely is. Nice little detail I like is that when Matt is leaving, he actually slips. I don't know if that was Matt or Charlie <laughs> slipping, but he actually slips and it, it I, I don't know, it just was a nice touch. It really shows oh, he's, he's properly rattled. Yeah. And then yeah, you just get the Fisk's heartbeat slowing back, like slowing down. It's steady. It's, I love it. I didn't think it was him slipping on something <laughs> on the ground. I thought it was him stumbling because he was... Well, yeah, sort of stumbling, yeah. I think he's just so rattled. He's just like, oh. Yeah. Just yeah. He's yeah. Kind of smashed like three times on that table. <laughs> yeah. So, although if it is Charlie, do you guys know if he's like actually a klutz in real life? <laughs> or, or a drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie um, actually is a recovered alcoholic. Is he? Oh. Yeah. Oh, man, that's really insensitive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What? Saying he's a recovered uh, alcoholic? Is that a story that he uses because he's actually Daredevil? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. He yes. Is yes. Yeah. I'm just going to go along with the story um, at the beginning of the season and bring it into real life. Yeah, it's exactly. That's, it's, it's all. Yeah, true. that's something Shelby real. dug up. Like, it was in a. Uh, it was in one of the foreign interviews. Um, he doesn't talk about it much, but there was like a foreign interview or something where they traditionally like mixed drinks with their guests, and he was like, "No, no, I don't drink." So, oh wow, I don't. He's drink. a very he's um compared Why? to like I mean, with a lot of actors, he seems like a very private guy. He doesn't really talk that much about his private life. Is he, he really um, is. Yeah, and he's yeah. also Catholic. So, is he? He really, he really is dead. <laughs> what? No way. He really is Catholic. Yes, yeah. that's funny. Like okay. practicing Catholic or just Catholic? No, no, no. Because no, you no. know how Catholicism works. You yeah. can say you're a Catholic and not be practicing. It's right, right. Like he's like you're completely, Jewish. he's a completely non-practicing Catholic. Um, and I mean, there was some interview somewhere, uh, the E.J. Scott interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a podcast that's uh, Deborah Scratch M. Wall's boyfriend. Yeah. yeah, Scratch the Surface. His podcast, he has two of them with charlie and that guy will just ask the most personal questions um so he goes into his his religion in one of those if anybody is interested um Mm -hmm. they're they're nice long podcasts where charlie just rambles about stuff like that ej's interviews are worth a listen anyway like they're really good interviews and also um i guess because because he has like the access to a lot of the actors that you don't see interviewed that much about Daredevil, like he interviewed Jeffrey Cantor, which was awesome, who plays Ellison. He did yes. interview Eldon Henson, which was amazing because Eldon Henson doesn't really get interviewed that much. Um, I don't think, I think it was maybe the first podcast he ever did. So that's, it's definitely worth checking out EJ's podcast. He does a really yeah. good job on it. Yeah. Um, also, the one with Stephen DeKnight is yes, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Just, um, yeah. So, in the next scene, there's a very short scene, which is Ellison and Karen at the New York Bulletin. They discuss the case, and then they decide to go and check out the doctor. That's the scene. Okay. Can I make one note? I know we're running running forever. You guys last week talked about Ben's office there at the Bulletin. One thing I haven't heard anybody point out, like, Ben packed up that office and took it home. Like, after his death... After his death, did they take all his stuff back and redecorate his office? Like, <laughs> yeah, an homage? Really <laughs> like, as a memorial? 
So anyway, sorry, I had to put that out there. This will really make Karen feel guilty. Set it up. Creepy. <laughs> this is our Ben shrine. <laughs> right. I'm like, it's a little shrine to Ben. We brought back oh. all of his stuff. Sorry, oh, that has really been bothering me. No, it's fine. I, I actually realized I have another note, I'm sorry, about the scene in the prison. I was like, did, is Matt's, are Matt's sunglasses made of adamantium? Like, because he gets his head slammed into the desk so many times. And I was like, his glasses, I think, are like made by Tony Stark because they don't break at all. And I think they must be like the same technology as Captain America's shield. I wonder if Cyclops could wear them and keep his optic blasts at bay. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a long anniversary. Oh. <laughs> no adamantium, no cyclops. <laughs> yeah, no adamantium, no cyclops. So in the next scene, Electra is at, um, not an airport really, it's like a waiting for a private jet, I guess, um, drinking tequila and is approached by a sultry Frenchman who turns out to know all about her. <laughs> this This was random. And I, I was confused by the the bar in the hang in the airplane hangar. I've never yes, seen it was very strange. And yeah, also people Electra's disguise was very sort of nineteen forties. I don't know with the scarf. Yeah, this was scene was odd. yeah. Also we never we never see anybody else besides these two people, even though it's implied that there's a bartender giving them stuff. Yeah, he, he peaced yeah, out as soon as the fist started flying. <laughs> <laughs> they would just run. <laughs> like, oh. Mel, what did you think of the, the, the French speaking in this scene? I have to ask you. The, the French is very France French. So yeah. sometimes it's a little bit hard to decipher because they tend to talk very, very fast. <laughs> but it sounded authentic. It's you. No, it's very authentic for sure. I mean, I mean, she's French, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Did no. they do this just to show off her her language? I feel like they did. It's like I feel like they do like they to like when they would do that in Buffy when they got Giles to sing because he was a singer. Yeah. That kind of thing. <laughs> really annoying. I don't like it. <laughs> or, or in The Walking Dead when the the blonde girl. Yes, when sang. the blonde girl sang, I was yeah. like, oh come on, yeah, she's just advertising that the fact that she sings. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they did it just for you, Mel. They were like, well, on the Fenders <laughs> podcast, one of the hosts is French Canadian, so. I'd like to dedicate this French speaking to Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Ellison and Karen arrive at uh, Tapper's house and he's shot dead. I don't know why, for some reason, like I mentioned in the previous episode, I thought he hung himself. I don't know why. Um, Ellison <laughs> thinks that Karen is projecting onto Punisher and was wants to guy, see the good in him. Was this the guy who they just found his son? No, this is no. the doctor. The guy whose son was found was Stan. This is the doctor who um, uh, changed the um, reports uh, about the John Doe in, and then was in court. I thought they were the same person for some reason. <laughs> I guess no, the other guy's it. British. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he? Oh, no, he's American. Is he? I can't remember. Um, I, I kind of got the giggles in this scene as well because I'm a terrible human. Um, because in one shot, there's, I might put it on the Facebook group, there's a painting in the background, and it's like the saddest lioness you've I ever seen. I noticed it. <laughs> it's like this lioness going, and it just couldn't, I just couldn't stop laughing at it. It's like a, eh, who cares? <laughs> and Ellison says he's sending the police to go with Karen because he says he won't make a mistake like he did again with Ben. I thought that was oh. awesome. Hmm. Yeah. And then he hit on her. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, the cop did. <laughs> no, he's like not about somebody. I, not with somebody I care about. Oh right, right. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> she was like, he would have never done that. And he was like, yeah, and he died. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not making the same mistake again. And then Karen's that? like, I know he died. I killed him. <laughs> Which she did indirectly. I still blame her. Indirectly, yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh. We're gonna say. I kind of had the feeling that she was being set up for something here. Yeah. Yeah. I thought these were dirty cops. Yeah, I thought so too. You can't trust any cops apart from Brett Mahoney, is why. Mm. Yeah. He's the only the only good one. Um, meanwhile, at Metro General, Daniel has woken up and he seems a little bit zoned out. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah, he is super creepy. And they're so, when we saw like the kids earlier and they're rescuing them, there was that one kid who looked so thin, like, oh, it was so horrible. Yep. Like, they do a good job with the makeup on these kids because they just look like so creepy and terrifying, particularly later. Yeah, they've been yep. slowly being de- being deflated by uh, Nobu. <laughs> <laughs> Did they say that their blood was drained and replaced with chemicals or something? I don't think that works. Um, Maybe they're deflating. The they, no skipping ahead. They're deflating them so they can put air in their bodies and turn them into balloons. <laughs> balloons <laughs> the are parade. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the parade that year in New York took a dark, dark turn. <laughs> hey, Georgie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just going to say, apparently they start filming the remake of Stephen King's It next month. When are you going to tell me, IMDb, who's playing Pennywise? I'm looking every week. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> they don't, they I'm so excited. excited. They haven't said no, they haven't. No, I need to know. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I know. Uh, yeah. Oh, Pennywise clown. I love him. Casting for this? Huh? What's your dream casting for this? Tim oh, they bring, they bring Tim Curry back. I mean, come oh, on. Uh-huh. Tim they, Curry. they give him a Michael Douglas... Uh... <laughs> Makeover. Oh. <laughs> well, no, the CGI from Ant Man. What did oh. you guys? What did you guys think of the CGI on uh, young, young Robert Downey Jr. and? I kind of thought good. it was amazing, yeah, it was but, but like, right, just yeah. like the Michael Douglas, but it creeped me out. I mean, compared to, compare it to something like Tron Legacy, where you had like young Jeff Bridges CGI face, which was frankly just terrifying because it was proper. You know, oh, it, it just looked. It, it was. It was just it, Polar Express looking. Yeah. But like Michael Douglas and Robert Downey Jr., it was incredible. But it yeah. was weirding me out because it was so good. I was just like, I, I like you just think, what are they going to do next? Are they going to have like entire films with, you know, like they sort of say about like bring back actors that are, you know, long dead, like bring back Humphrey Bogart and he's going to be in the next, no. I don't know. I thought I thought, uh, I thought Terminator Genesis uh, Young Arnold looked great too. Like, oh, yeah. I'd love yeah, I'd love to see amazing. like I'd love to see more Terminator movies with just yeah just put young Arnold in there but I think the whole makes, movie but I, I don't know could they really do it like now with like dead actors because you almost need the person's face to be acting and then you have to correct it I yeah think. I wonder I think that's how it works. I wonder how essential yeah. that is yeah or if you could just use that. anybody as a stand-in I think it makes it a lot easier. well that's what they did for for Arnold. Yeah, well, that's Genesis, what they did for that... Robert Downey Jr. and Michael Douglas. No, no, no. Too. I mean, in Genesis, they didn't what? use Arnold's face. Really? Well, at least they didn't in the previous one. In mm. uh, Terminator 3. Maybe we'll get um, uh, Alan Rickman as Pennywise the Clown. That would make me really happy. <laughs> and sad. <laughs> I don't know. And sad, so yeah. <laughs> like a little yeah. weird. So... 
Meanwhile, Claire has gone up to the roof and she finds Matt moping on the roof and she tells him he needs to go and visit Foggy and to not blame or isolate himself. Um, but Matt feels like he doesn't need to visit Foggy because he's listening to him like a creeper. <laughs> yeah, I'm always, I'm always and Claire's visiting Claire's like, yeah, but go and visit your friend. <laughs> Even when he doesn't know it. <laughs> and this... This is when you like you were saying, Matt, and Claire says that they found eight unidentifiable substances in the bloodstream of the kids, and she thinks that maybe they were using them as human chemical farms, which is horrible. I like the nickname she gives to Matt in this scene. She calls him Saint Matthew, which made me laugh. Yes. And then she also calls him the loneliest little soldier, <laughs> which I was like, he's the loneliest little soldier because he's like. No more law, no more friends. And that's, I mean, that's the character. He isolates himself. And I just love she called him the loneliest little soldier. It made me laugh, but then it also made me really sad. Mm. I, I, like, oh, I, I left towards the end of the scene because um, <clears throat> she kept on being like, are you coming? Are are you coming? And it's like, yeah. dude, I'm in my super suit right here. I can't just go walk to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. Look, we all know he yeah. wears his, his normal work clothes under that. Like they do in comic books. <laughs> <laughs> They're supposed to go over it, though. She would have. Oh, yeah, she would have put on like a hospital gown, and then like you just would have spin it. Would have seen his uh, super suit butt through the back. <laughs> <laughs> or it could have been like in the comics, and he, when he got changed into his like Daredevil costume, he carried his like suit, his lawsuit around, in a little backpack on his back. Oh, <laughs> that would have been the comic. Right. It's, it's so gonna cute. be a backpack with like little horns on it or something, like yeah. a children's backpack. <laughs> oh, horrible. Um, so yeah, Matt leaves. He says he decides he can't go and talk to Foggy, and he leaves. Um, the police and Karen are at Karen's apartment to collect her stuff, and then Frank appears and swears he didn't kill Rares. And then suddenly, again, the the apartment is attacked by ten million bullets. It's. It's attacked by bullets. Like they didn't get fired from a gun. They just get they, oh, the bullets yeah. are attacking. <laughs> it's like those bullets out of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know the ones like going there. Yeah. He goes, go get him. <laughs> um, I, like, I like this scene. I like how Frank is like covering uh, Karen's head to protect her. I thought mm. that was yeah, a nice touch. Too. Yeah. Are you shipping these two, Mel? No, not necessarily. Karen. <laughs> not necessarily, but I think I think. I like the character of Frank a lot. I think yeah. he's very interesting. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, my heart grew like three sizes in my chest and then broke in this scene at the little shot of the photo of Foggy, Karen, and Matt celebrating oh, St. Patrick's Day in Josie's. Oh, I was so wondering cute. what was going on there. Foggy I, looked like the goofiest goofball. I don't even know. There's no <laughs> for it. Like, seriously, did you really have to be that goofy in that? <laughs> She can't even deal with a photograph of him being funny. No. <laughs> it's just a caricature of, like, a goofball. Like, I just feel like he's so goofy that it's not even... <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. That's how it makes me feel. Wait, is there a camera? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I drew little hearts around that moment in my notes because I was like, it's so cute. Oh, yeah. I want to go out and celebrate St. Patrick's Day with them in uh, Josie's bar. Yeah. That'd be a fun night. Mm-hmm. Have Turk turn up, Turk and Grotto, hang out with them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, drink some questionable water. <laughs> um, 
in the next scene, Fisk is sitting in the prison and he's eating steak and listening to classical music and drinking from his little paper cup. He always listens when, to the same uh, yeah. piece of classical music. Yeah. He loves it. Always the same. It's so the Fisk breakfast band. music. What? The Fisk breakfast music. Like, it is. Yeah, it's the same music he's the breakfast. most boring man. If it wasn't for the fact that he's got a life of crime going on for him, he'd be the most boring man in the world. Just makes- he only likes white paintings, listens to the same piece of music all the time. Boring. I want, I want them to sell that in stores. Uh, Fisk's bre- breakfast mix CD. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to, like... Like when I'm making breakfast, I'm like, I would like the Fisk breakfast music playing. And then I'm going to chop up some chives and put them on my eggs. <laughs> yes. And put on a little violin. I just love his posture. Oh. Like he's in that little tiny cell. And, you know, there's no reason to not just like kind of like relax or whatever. But he's just, he's in his own little Fisk world, like completely composed. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and he's got a TV in his cell now, which he didn't have last season. Because yeah. he was just sitting staring at the wall. Now he's got a little TV. I thought he would have preferred the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just rabbits in a snowstorm. Mm. Uh, yeah. I get a flat uh, screen. Is... I can keep up with House of Cards. <laughs> <laughs> you think he would watch House of Cards? Definitely. Frank I'm thinking Underwood. Thinking about because I'm scared of uh, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Frank Underwood and Wilson Fisk should like run on a ticket together. It'd be even better than whatever's going on in the, the real world. <laughs> Um, this is when he decides as well he wants to re-examine Matt's files so in the next scene Jacques and Electra are fighting at the little airport hangar Um, I love the bit where she like slides across the wing and wraps her legs around his neck Um, and then Jack has brought some familiar looking weapons with which Electra kills him before he tells her he was sent by Stick oh yeah he hasn't Oh, hi, Sai. (laughs) He didn't use these before. Or, I mean, she didn't use these before at all in this season, did she? Nope. No. So I think she's like, I'm having those. Hmm. It was mine. It's like when Stick bought um, Matt his little sticks back in season one. And then Matt's like, actually, these are quite good. And then, like, he used them for the rest of the season. I think it's like, oh, these will now be, yes, these will now be my, my weapons of choice. I love mm. how she impales him from both sides, sides, yeah. and like uh, <laughs> ask him a couple more questions, and we'll get to that. And then she just like twists them to kill him. <laughs> just like, oh. so good. What did you guys think about the reveal that he was sent by Stick? I was confused. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah. Why, Why does Stick want Electra dead? Yeah. Yeah. Me and Rhiannon know. Of- Wink. <laughs> oh, 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 hang on, hang on. I've got to do it properly. Me and Rhiannon know. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember being confused. Yeah, me too. Any, Stick had just gone through a lot of effort to save her. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, why, why, why save her? Yeah. Hmm. Um, and then in the last scene, um, it's basically a horror film because Claire is walking through the creepiest hospital ever with flickering lights and and Leo Leo esque sheets from Twin Peaks, like plastic <laughs> sheets lying everywhere. That's what it made me think of Twin Peaks. Yes. And finds that the kids have all got out of beds and we think it's Daniel has killed Stan because Stan's lying on the floor dead. There's blood everywhere. And there's ninjas running up the walls. <laughs> it's like yeah. little monkeys. 
At which point I was like, these fucking guys are going to cut it off right here. They're going to cut it up. Cut it off. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, now we know that... One week, Robin. <laughs> now we know that the next episode opens with them sliding back down and changing their minds and going home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just them sliding yeah. back down and going, wee, extreme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Practice. Absolutely. Did, uh, Matt, so yeah. did Matt get his cowl on? Yes, he. I, I think he put the cowl on by the end, didn't he? Because he was getting ready to fight. Because I just remember thinking, Matt, you should be able to put that on faster. Like, he took a really long time to get dressed. He's like, eh, those ninjas will take a while getting up here. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he started, like, grunting, like he was getting himself pumped up. Like, let's freaking, let's do this, let's do this! Yeah. Look good, feel good, Ninja look good, fight. feel good! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. So that was the episode. Are you guys ready for some yummy, yummy uh, Easter eggs? Did we mention the Village of the Damned part there? <laughs> Like, oh yeah, it was a bit village of the dam. <laughs> what They're the hell like, is going on there? Yeah, what do you think's going on with the kids? Do you think they're zombies? Do you think they're like what do you think's happening? Their eyes are all lit up. They're like the kids out of the uh total eclipse of the heart music video. <laughs> yes. <laughs> body hey Claire, they're turn all... around. <laughs> Next episode's oh, no. gonna start with them all going, turn around, bright eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. It was very right. scary and uh, unnerving from a from a street level show. <laughs> mm. Particularly yeah. when one of them appeared right behind you, Matt. Yeah. Oh, it's just my cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's I your am first just approaching the supernatural stuff with open arms. I'm like, all right, I'm going to just accept you. <laughs> just, just, just take it in. I'm kind of like that as well. I prefer the street level, but at the moment, I'm like. Okay, I can I can go with the super. I can go with magic ninjas. That's fine. Yeah. You never know when you might be walking down the street and find a magic ninja. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you need to be prepared for these things. You might be rappelling down the building, deciding against going back up it. Yeah. <laughs> so here is your first Easter egg, and Rhiannon um, hinted at it earlier. So Sorry. in this episode, that's all right. No, it's fine. <laughs> Feel free to expand upon it. You can do my job for me. It's great. It was like an appetizer. Uh, Mm. It was a little, a little amuse bouche. <laughs> she, she let it. She let us take the Easter egg or taste it, and then she took it away. Yeah, she. Yeah. We yeah. let you peel Lick back it. a little bit of foil and then put it back. <laughs> <laughs> you can peek at it. <laughs> Mine. So in this episode, Frank Castle and Wilson Fisk are housed in cell block D. Um, Alcatraz uh, was known for holding its worst inmates in cell block D. But don't be surprised. This is from Den of Geek, by the way, as I get all these strikes. Don't be surprised if Matt ends up there one day himself because Ed Brubaker and Michael Lark had a Daredevil story called The Devil in Cell Block D. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Rhiannon, do you want to say anything about it? Oh, my God. It's it's one of my favorite storylines yeah. from the comics. And, um, and they're in Rikers, not Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's Devil in Cell Block D, and it's, you know, at the point, I mean, like, in the comics, Matt, it's like everybody knows who he is. They don't know who he is. At some point, I don't even remember the circumstances at that point. But he ends up in prison with Fisk. And this is also during the events of Civil War in the comics, which is why, if you read Civil War in the comics, Daredevil is not Matt Murdock. It's actually Danny Rand, because Matt Murdock was in prison. Is it during? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
either way he ends up there and it ends up like him going against Fisk and there's all kinds of like battles. It's a lot of what Fisk did with Frank in the prison where, you know, gets people to fight, whatever. Augie ends up coming in to visit Matt and he ends up getting killed just where Matt can't hear him. You know, like Foggy's walking out and so Matt is able to hear his heartbeat stop as he gets attacked by like, anyways, it's a wonderful storyline. Um, that I just gave a whole lot away of. Um, Interesting. There's a, it involves oh, it involves Frank too. The Punisher yeah. ends up like he ends up just getting himself arrested so he can come join the fun. Because <laughs> um, why wouldn't he? He's the Punisher. He's like, hey, yeah, the fun yeah, is. Just, <laughs> hey, Rad. Yeah, it's just like, hey, Rad. I thought you could use some company. And it's it's yeah, it's a great like Daredevil and Punisher is a great like little storyline with the two of them. Um, and it just, I was so excited when they said Cell Black D. Yeah, me too. So excited. That's so interesting. Uh, another great, oh, sorry, go on, Roman. Well, I just wanted to mention, there, I have a, a, a trade paperback uh, from, or I, I'm pretty sure it was like post-Civil War, um, but immediately after Peter reveals his identity, um, mm-hmm. uh, the Kingpin from, from prison allows, uh, has a, a hit put out on Aunt May, and he freaking, uh, Peter freaks out. Get busts his black costume out again and infiltrates the prison to go after him and have this huge fight with him. Uh, I wonder if it was was called called Spider Man Back in Black. It was really good. Back in Black. Um, Another great story in the comics, uh, which is kind of hinted at in this episode, is when um, Fisk is kind of now has Matt Murdock as an enemy and is like, I'm going to tear every part of you down, is reminiscent of. The little story, a little story called Born Again by yes. Frank Miller in the comics. Um, Rhiannon, I'm going to hand over to you again. You can do my <laughs> describing for me. This is great. I love it. <laughs> Born Again. Yeah, there again. And I, it also features, this. we should say, a character who appeared in Jessica Jones. Yeah, well, it involves Jessica, doesn't it? No, Jessica's not in it, but Nuke is. Oh. See, and I might be getting all my storylines mixed up, but basically Born Again, like, Fisk realizes that Matt Murdock is Daredevil and gradually just ruins his life in the tiniest ways. And it starts off with just Matt's credit cards don't work. And, you know, he gets a letter from the IRS saying, we haven't received any money from you. And, yeah, you know, just little things until eventually, like, his apartment is blown up. <laughs> what? Yep. I mean, Fisk just ruins. I mean, it it is just like so craftily, just like little thing, little thing. I mean, just like ruining his life. And And he does. Yeah. And and they kick Deuce the Devil Dog. Oh. Right, Deuce. Why do you want to be kicked? (laughs) He's ruining his life. They turn him into dog food. (laughs) (laughs) Dog food made out of a dog. Oh, ironic. And it's unusual for a Daredevil story because, for I mean, it, it's often regarded by by fans as the greatest Daredevil story, and Daredevil hardly appears in it. It's base, it's mainly Matt Murdock. Um, yeah, he appears very little in costume, and it's a storyline that really touches upon Matt's mental state because he really has a a nervous breakdown in the in the book because the the kingpin's going about destroying his life and it examines the character in such a cool way outside of the costume and does the costume make the superhero um and it's it's just in uh, a really incredible book and you also get cameos from like i mentioned nuke which was will simpson in jessica jones and also captain america 
Yeah. It's yeah, just a it's, wonderful, it, it just goes into the mental, I mean, like Matt Murdock is, you know, a very depressed character. Mm-hmm. And they touch that a lot, but you get to see him go into full-blown depression and eats up an innocent person. And it's just a really interesting storyline. And I really hope they're heading there. I mean, like when they hinted at that, I was like, bring me that. Yeah. That's the, story I, like- I, the artwork as well is gorgeous. And I've got the... um. I've actually got the artist edition, I think it is. It's like a big um, hardback book, which they did for certain iconic um, comic book storylines where it has um, the line work drawn by the artist um, for for all of Born Again. And it's absolutely beautiful. It's just one of the, it's such a good book. And as like the the title as well says, like Born Again, it really delves into Matt's Catholicism as well. Um, And also the relationship with his mum. It's very, very cool. It's a really good book. Uh, so yeah, maybe we're getting that at being adapted. Oh, yeah, that's up and down in my chair right now. Yeah, um, anybody that's watched the TV show and hasn't read any of the comics, those are two great ones to start with. I mean, maybe not great starting points, but they're two great ones to read. Yeah, yeah, and even like the the Mark Wade run, you could start the Mark Wade run and not have to have really read that much stuff before, and that would be a good thing to get to know the character, I guess, in the comics. Yeah, and it's a bit more light. It's a bit more lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, well, it involves Daredevil fighting Captain America. Captain America. One of my favorite things in the whole of comics is that Captain America owns a confetti cannon that he shoots at Daredevil. It makes confetti fly everywhere to disorientate Matt Murdock. That's not my favorite bit. My favorite thing is Steve Rogers owns a confetti cannon. Yeah, what the like, hell? Does he does he does he take it along for the Fourth of July parties at Avengers Tower and shoot confetti everywhere? Does he take it to weddings? I just love this image in my head of him shooting confetti everywhere. I just oh, it's amazing. Or did he borrow it from Stark? Like Tony, Maybe. I need you to make oh. me something special. What's that, Rogers? Oh, a confetti yeah, cannon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, love it. Okay, uh, another Easter egg. <laughs> in the episode, Matt signs the Braille form with his right hand. But in the comics, um, like lots of great boxers, uh, Matt Murdock is a Southpaw, so he's not right-handed. Interesting. It's part of the Matt Murdock disguise. Yes, exactly. Um, let's have a look. Uh, I'm reading this off the website because I haven't written them down. I'm sorry. Um, they basically sound Den of Geek as well, that they're kind of a bit, uh, they, they find, like we sort of said before, Karen's sudden inclusion in the New York Bulletin feels a little bit clunky the way it's gone about. Uh, and I know we've mentioned that before as well. Um, <laughs> so yeah. the character of Jacques Duchamp, who we meet later, the mysterious Frenchman, um, could be a nod to two things. There is a, a character in Moon Knight um, who is called uh, Jean-Paul Duchamp, who is also known as Frenchy and is a friend of Moon Knight. So possibly, um, but there's also a character called Jacques do, oh god, my French is terrible, Mel. I apologise. Jacques Duquay, Jacques Duquay, who in the comics was known as the Swordsman, and he was the guy who helped train Hawkeye. So he might be a, a little nod to those two characters mixed up. Cool. Uh, there we go. So now it is time for some quotes, and Rhiannon, you're our guest, so I'm going to hand to you first. I I, I don't have any uh, from the show. <laughs> That's fine. There was, I mean, there was the Ellison quote about, um, uh, I'm not going to let that happen again. But, um, and, and yeah, other than that, I don't have any. 
I could have done the entire like Fisk Matt scene for my quote, but I was like, no, my voice will be destroyed yeah. by the end, and I can't be bothered to write it all out. <laughs> get um, me Murdoch's files. Yeah, that get really, me yeah, files. Yes, just get me Murdoch's files. That 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 just sent chills up my spine. Here's a little foggy quote. This case just keeps serving up the shit burgers. And then you <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robin, what? I know you have quotes. Oh, come on. I mean, if you're not going to go for it, I'm going to. If you're worried that Frank Castle will wreak havoc on Hell's Kitchen, just wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, I love it. Um, Melanie? What is it? Two aspirin. Catholic morphine. Take it. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> Please take it. Please take it. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Matthew, do you have a quote? <laughs> this day just keeps serving up the shit burgers. Oh, you saw mine. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I also like it when Matt says, remember last time you patched me up? And Claire just rolls her eyes at him. I'm like, of course yeah. she remembers. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> you were like shredded by a ninja. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have one between Claire and Matt, which is, I heard you three stories down. You do know that sounds creepy, right? Yeah, I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> Got another one. Uh, any others? Yeah. Uh, oh, go on, Robin. You live alone? You want to ask me out or you want to wait outside? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. And I have one more. Uh, I shouldn't have any more. Uh, any, any guys have any more as well? As Robin? Did you just hear me? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, as well as, like, does Matt and Mel have any more? I had, uh, Billing Will Find You. And then I said, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's- <laughs> and, I, and I said, Oh, America. Yeah. <laughs> oh, America. Uh, go, Robin, go. Uh, the last one I have is, you know the bullet wound will do wonders for his career in hip-hop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, okay. Um... Awesome. Well, that was our quote. So now it is time for feedback. Melanie, I've got a special little present for you. Okay. Guess what? Oh, I got an email from Sedna. I, I, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stalling because I'm t- currently copying it. <laughs> uh, okay. I was like wondering what you were doing there. I was like, yeah, I know what's coming, Claire. What's, what's... what if I said I got a gift for you and then someone turned up and gave you a box of chocolates? What would you have done then? Uh, I would have ate the chocolates. Mm. <laughs> All right. So this is an email from Sedna and it is entitled uh it's entitled Hi, I'm Sedna and I might have turned the corner. Yay! Good for you, Sedna. Turned the corner. Yeah. On what? Mm. She's turned the corner to your road, <laughs> Mel. <laughs> She's coming for you. No. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. I had a little bit with myself that Claire's favorite scene from the season is when Matt goes to visit Fisk in prison. Am I right? Oh, yay. She is right. <laughs> on all the, all the stuff. On all the stuff? like it, So everything that she says, spoilers. No, you no she's won all the stuff. Oh, she's won all the stuff. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Matt, are you really sure you need to be involving Claire in this cult ritual shitstorm? Yeah, actually, we need more Claire by any means necessary. I agree. I'm fabulous. Yes. (laughs) Reyes confesses all the crooked shit she pulled and then gets conveniently slaughtered. Natch. (laughs) 
Matt hears the gun cock and flings himself on top of Karen, shoving Foggy away to catch himself a cool hip-hop bullet wound. <laughs> hey, I just realized that Karen got, like, flung out of the way twice. Yeah, she got oh, two, yeah, she did. Two men threw themselves on top of her in this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bullets keep attacking her. Yeah, what's going on? They just keep seeking her out. So, oh my fucking god, this scene with Matt at the prison is all kinds of awesome. I love when Donovan hands him with a disclaimer upside down, guides him into the sound of a slow heartbeat. Matt's barely suppressed rage, prodding at Fisk's weak spot, taunting and threatening him quietly until he fucking explodes! And Matt can't <laughs> fight back. Franklin Percy Nelson. <laughs> An incongru- incongruously funny detail in an extremely fucking tense moment. The stumble as he stands up, angrily pushing away Donovan's offered arm. Oh, fuck, Matt, what have you done? <laughs> I love getting into Sedna's head as she watches the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably not even doing it justice. Like, I wish she could read these herself. <laughs> I know, we'll have to get her on. We need, yeah. like, circus music playing as you're reading these. Yes. <laughs> now Matt's on the roof of the hospital in Daredevil costume mask uh, off swoon. Don't creep on Foggy. Go visit him. Listen to Claire. She's the voice of reason, you frustrating, annoying, adorable arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> and Punisher flings himself on top of Karen to be saved from gunfire again. Twice in one episode. Our Kaza, Kaza, ain't <laughs> much cop. What's a Kaza? I think that she's calling Karen Kaza. Our Kaza ain't much cop at not being a damsel in distress. What? <laughs> what is she Our Kaza, our Kaza ain't much cop at not being a damsel in distress. Here, I think if you say it in a Mockney accent, it Thank works. You, That's all right. My Mockney skills are are yours whenever you need them. Thanks. Oh, fuck, Fisk wants flies on... What, flies? flies. No, files. <laughs> Why does he want flies on Matt? <laughs> oh, I want flies on you. Because it's another way of saying he wants him to be a dead corpse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck, Fisk wants files on Matt. He's unleashed... He's un... I can't talk. That's actually a pretty good mob- mobster phrase. I want flies yeah. on him. See? Flies on, get flies on him, see? <laughs> I like that, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, he's unleashed Kingpin Revenge Fury. This cannot bode well. What's being set up here? More insight into the life of the 1%. Security at these private airports is a bit lax, <laughs> to say the least. Us plebs would never get says, says? Size. 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 That's the weapon. It matters. Oh, sorry. I was like... <laughs> 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 we never get size through security. <laughs> <laughs> Hope Electra's chased blood and bodies cleanup service incorporated were on hand to deal with dead random assassin dude. <laughs> they would just run in with them welcome buckets cleaning up after him wherever Ele- like Electra goes. And then it says click here to reply or forward. Point <laughs> oh. <laughs> sorry. Fifteen gigabytes used. Manage I, I, I obviously copied too much. I was overzealous in my copying. <laughs> It's good we got plenty of space Thanks, in the Sedna. Gmail, though. It's what? It's, it's good to see that we have plenty of space in our Gmail account, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 2% yeah. used. Nice. 
I have no idea what that means, but yay. <laughs> well, we're looking at it. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Sedna, yeah. as always. We've got an email from Heidi. Robin, you can read this one. I'm volunteering you. <laughs> sure. There you go. Hey, guys. Is this episode <laughs> about Kilgrave when Jessica had him locked up in that room? I didn't realise that, um, that, that Heidi was Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bullseye, eh? <clears throat> Yay, Claire! I love her and Matt. Not as a couple, but just them interacting. She knows all about him, and he doesn't have to. Why she listens to the podcast? It's me and Matt interacting. She doesn't care about Mel and Robin. I mean, <laughs> uh, she also dispenses really good advice, even if Matt is too stubborn to take it. Matt. <laughs> Reyes has been has taken quite the turn hasn't she at least she got the team back together for a minute before she was filled with holes the matt and fisk scene was outstanding it's so interesting to see matt pretending not to know all he knows about fisk and fisk not knowing that matt is actually his arch nemesis yay frank saved karen and now she knows he didn't kill the da fisk is just using frank as a cover for something and we got a scene of Fisk eating to the sounds of classical music, of course. Um, are these patients being controlled by Kilgrave? Is this the crossover? Ooh. No, they're all Spider-Men. What? <laughs> okay, not, this was a cool They're not the ending. ones running up and down the walls, Heidi. That's the ninjas. <laughs> uh, very excited for the next one. Until next time, Heidi. Awesome. Until next okay. time, Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thanks, Heidi. Great. Well, now it is time, after all that feedback, to say what we thought of the episode. So I'm going to hand to Rhiannon, our guest, and ask you what you would like to score this out of 10. I am going to score this one um, eight creepy ninja children out of 10. I, lo- I mean, I mean, the Fisk scene. If I could just score the Fisk and the, you know, the 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 scene with Matt and Fisk, I'd give it like a twelve. Um, but the creepy <laughs> ninja children, I just, I, I I zombied out more than they did when they came on screen. I, I couldn't watch it. I couldn't the 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 fingers and all of that. Um, so I give it eight out of ten. Creepy ninja children. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Robin. Oh, gosh, this was another episode where I was just on the edge of my seat. I was never bored. I was never annoyed. It was just another perfect episode of Daredevil. I'm really, really intrigued. And, uh, you know, I'm going along with certain plots that that I'm like, I'm just hoping for the best for them. I'm hoping that the blacksmith isn't just super obvious or just, you know, somebody that's a villain that we've never heard of or just out of nowhere plot line. Um, And I'm hoping uh, the supernatural stuff... uh, uh, stays, uh, uh, you know, I don't think I need to know all about it. Just, you know, we'll see, we'll see, uh, what happens, uh, with that next week. I'm, I'm super psyched to watch the next episode. So I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 lonely little soldiers. Oh, oh, uh, Matt. Uh, I liked it as well. Um, still not liking Matt making poor decisions and being a jerk. Uh, <laughs> He's bringing shame to the name of Matt, isn't he, Matt? Yep, and <laughs> I liked I liked the scene between him and Fisk though. Uh, that was very intense acting. Um, I liked that Reyes gutters. 
uh, I like Punisher protecting Karen. Um, I don't know what I think about the supernatural stuff. I'm still meh on that. So I'll give it 8.5 out of 10 dead DAs. <laughs> With Matt dancing on their grave. <laughs> and yeah. then you, Matt. <laughs> uh, Melanie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. When I Whenever I watch these episodes, I'm like, meh. It's just like, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it was, it was it, like, it was good in parts, but I'm still like, eh. Like, yeah. <laughs> I do like the supernatural children though. I'm not with Matt on that one. I think the supernatural children are kind of adding like a weird uh kind of cool uh twist to it. Um but yeah, like I don't know, like I can't like the the Fisk Matt thing was kind of good. The acting was good, but I still can't unsee him as a monkey. So yeah. <laughs> He's going to wow. forever be gorilla to me now <laughs> at least a gorilla what? <laughs> at least see him as a gorilla <laughs> yeah I mean, not like a little spider monkey <laughs> <laughs> monkey shine. a little squirrel monkey oh. monkey shines <laughs> oh monkey shine oh. one of the greatest horror films ever made <laughs> yeah anyways I mean it was a, a good episode I guess but I I wasn't a great episode um, to me. So I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 sim- sympathetic sweatpants. <laughs> I'm actually wearing those right now. <laughs> um, and yeah, I uh, I think the stuff I was least interested in this episode was like the, the creepy zombie children and the ninjas. Um, surprisingly, I, I just because I loved the stuff with Reyes in the court, the courtroom, and like the whole sting thing. I really, I really love that. The oh, the the king. I, I love the actual the relationship as well between Foggy, Karen, and Matt in this episode, and how it's developing. Uh, I love Foggy being a badass. That's great. Um, the kingpin and Matt scene. I mean, I wouldn't say this epi- if this episode didn't have that scene in it, it wouldn't be a ten out of ten. It wouldn't be my favorite overall episode. But that is my favorite scene in the three seasons I've seen so far of Marvel Netflix. I think it's beautiful. I love it. I, I, I adore it. I adore everything about it. So I have to give this episode 10 out of 10 shit burgers. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. uh, it's 8.7 this week. Nice. Cool. Cool. So, um, Rhiannon, thank you for coming on and being our special guest. You're welcome. It's been a lot of fun. And can you tell us, um, uh, us and our listeners again, where people can find you on the internet? Like anything you're up to, if you've been on any other podcasts, uh, where people my, follow you, etc. My Twitter account is Shot of Patron. Um, you don't have to nice. do any little things over the O's. <laughs> P-A-T-R-O-N. Um, Electra would, uh, would approve of that. Yes. Yes. I, I, I like my tequila. Um <laughs> And Shelby and I are going to, I'm going to get her out of her shyness. And we are starting a podcast called Super Ladies, like Super Lady nice. with a T instead of a D, because we're really late to discovering comics, but we are really crazy about them. Um, and hopefully in the next month, or two, so we already have a Twitter account up for that if people want to follow that, the Super Ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, MCU Exchange, you will occasionally see me on the byline, usually if it's Netflix stuff. Also, you know, every now and then on the other stuff as well. But uh, yeah, shout out Patron and Super Ladies. 
what kind of stuff are you planning on covering on the podcast? Like different uh, comics each week, or like particular stories, or just going yeah. over news in general? I think we're going to cover. I think we're going to cover just like our general fanishness for the week, whatever it may be. Um, Shelby and I are kind of all over the place. We um, yeah, pretty regular. I mean, obviously. We will talk about Daredevil every single episode because <laughs> we are ridiculous. Um, and then just sort of comics that we discover. Um, you know, like we're both trying to read up on the other Defenders comics. Uh, she's knee deep in Iron Fist right now. Um, but it's just kind of funny. I mean, there's so much not knowing comic books. Like even just the first time I walked in a comic book shop and they told me that I couldn't find Hawkeye in the H's, that I had to find them under the Avengers in the Avengebet. <laughs> and all this, you know, it's such a strange world to go into as an adult. I don't know. It, it, we've just been discovering it. And so we'll talk about comics a little bit. We'll talk about TV shows a little bit. Um, we're still sort of fleshing out what it's going to be. Um, but we're hoping it'll be interesting, whatever awesome. it turns out. Cool. cool. And you are now being followed on Twitter by the Defenders podcast. I've just oh, thanks. <laughs> well, I know it dawned on me. I was like, I followed them through Facebook. They don't have any reason to know who I am on Twitter. <laughs> awesome. Um, so we're now following um, Super Ladies. No, that sounds really cool. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll follow on Twitter. And then once your your first episode's coming out, I'll um, do a little post on the Facebook group letting people know. Awesome. We um, have to get it soon. Shelby just got her microphone. She either got it today or yesterday, or she'll have it next week. So we're awesome. hoping to be up and running pretty quickly. And if you need a guest to come on and squeal about Daredevil, you know, I, I know someone. Their name's Claire. Um, they're awesome. They're really up for it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, cool. Definitely. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on again. Let us um, know, obviously, if you want to come on for Luke Cage when we cover Luke Cage. Absolutely. I'd love to. Cool. Uh, so, lovely co-hosts, is there anything you would like to plug this week that you've been up to? Um, well, uh, uh, iZombie's finished, hasn't I it? Zombie, I think Twin Peaks isn't back yet. So. iZombie's finished. Uh, it's not going to come back actually till next year. So I got plenty of time to finish up Dawson's Creek with uh, Steph uh, <laughs> on the We Don't Want to Wait podcast. We just finished season three, and um, it's uh, been been a pretty amazing ride. <laughs> there was something I was going to use. I, I, oh man, that sucks. I was thinking earlier that I had something to relate both. Daredevil and Dawson's Creek together, but now I can't remember. Out of so, way. Damn it. <laughs> I'll think of it later. Uh, Matt and Mel. Well, we Any both... news on Twin Peaks coming back? No. Uh, well, no. The same news. <laughs> as <far> as <laughs> it's the same news every week. Yeah. Uh, we are on Hooplecast, a podcast about Deadwood. How many episodes have you guys got left? We are on season three. Probably halfway through the season, about at least, at least, yeah. So almost over, and then we'll be covering uh, a bunch of HBO shows. Just the first all. episode. Ah, yeah, actually, all of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, if anyone listening uh, likes Deadwood or wants to watch it for the first time, you guys really should listen to Hoopercast. It's an awesome podcast to like watch, like listen along while watching. It's pretty fun. The show, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, uh, Mel Matt, also potentially has another podcast in the works, don't you, Mel? Maybe the yeah, latest well, podcast of all. It's a ways away, though. It's a ways away. Yeah, <laughs> we've got to wait until that one. I have a video game podcast called Matt is Wrong About Games. Oh, Matt, when's the new Fallout coming out? I'm excited for this. Uh, you is mean it out now? The DLC? Yeah. Uh, pretty soon, I think, uh, if it's not already out. Cool. That's the only thing I know about games. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm uh-huh. like, yay, Fallout. Nice. <laughs> And I'm about to go um, see the nice guys. 
That's that's my oh. news. Can't wait. You'll have to let us know how it was. It's, it's yeah, probably, I'll probably next nice. week. Shame by It'll be a nice film. Can't lose. I am um, still doing X-Files. We are on season nine. Lucy Lawless is in it, which is very exciting. So that's very cool. And also somehow in the last week, I inadvertently have agreed to um, uh, at some point in the future do a Twilight Zone podcast with Heidi. So um, I don't know when that's happening. I somehow have agreed to do it. But um, yeah, that would be pretty cool. But uh, yeah, check out Intro to X, um, where we're covering season nine. We'll also be covering the latest X-Files as well once we finish season nine. So with that, it's time to predict next week's episode, guys. Um, I don't even know how I say this. Is it 0.380? It's episode 11, so it's like 0.380. Yeah, it's, it's I think it's just 380. Yeah. Is it 380? I don't know how you say yeah. it because it's got little... It's a gun term. It's 380. A it's a gun term. Like, it's like, I'm English. I don't know gun terms. I'm like, what? Like, I think like 380 Magnum or something. Oh, okay. Well, it's 380 then. Is not 0.380. <laughs> 0.380 is the percentage of mysterious chemicals in those kids. Compared <laughs> to their blood. I now am convinced yeah. it's a Magnum crossover. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Well, you guys wanted to know who the blacksmith is. It's actually Magnum P.I., a.k.a. Tom Selleck. Um, he appears in the series. Oh, how else would that be? Tom Selleck just wants in with his... Spoiler, like, spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> oh, That'd be amazing. It says here, I'm, I googled .380, and the first thing that comes up is .380 ACP, which is an automatic Colt pistol. I wonder if that's what Karen used to kill Wesley. Oh! <gasps> <gasps> too soon <laughs> well we shall find out next week so Wesley's uh rhiannon wesley comes back as a ghost and he's the ghost blacksmith <laughs> he's a spooky ghost um rhiannon would you like to take us out with an excelsior excelsior <laughs> <laughs> wow Bye. Bye. I, I, don't, I don't have anything good <laughs> thank you for listening you can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!